Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse of the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also at that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up where you can sign up to receive an excellent daily email, including both the text for the day as well as the lessons for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we, we begin a new chapter, chapter 26, The Transition. Today we'll be reading section one, The Introduction, one paragraph, and section two, the quote-unquote sacrifice of oneness. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 276. The word of God is given me to speak. And by way of opening this morning, I just, um, I just have to share this beautiful poem. Whoopsie, and I don't have it highlighted. Just a minute, here it is. This beautiful poem from Amy Carmichael that's so reflective of the word of God has given me to speak. And it goes like this. Love through me, love of God. There's no love in me. Oh, fire of love, light thou the love that burns perpetually. Flow through me, peace of God. Calm river flow until no wind can blow, no current stir, a ripple of self-will. Shine through me, joy of God. Make me like thy clear air, that thou dost pour thy colors through as though it were not there. O blessed love of God, that all may taste and see how good thou art. Once more I pray, love through me, even me. Mm. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can you say again who that was, Lori? It's Amy Carmichael. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember the poem, um, and so I just typed in Amy Carmichael Love, and there it was. So, thank you guys. I love that poem so much. And so, here we are with some readers this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Karen. We're joined in listening this morning by Kristen and Diane. And I wonder who else has joined us. Like to say good morning or be on the reading list. So far. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get underway then. In Chapter 26, The Transition. Section 1, Introduction. 
in the quote-unquote dynamics of attack is sacrifice, a key idea. It is the pivot upon which all compromise, all desperate attempts to strike a bargain, and all conflicts achieve a seeming balance. It is the symbol of the central theme that somebody must lose. Its focus on the body is apparent, for it is always an attempt to limit loss. The body is, the body is itself a sacrifice, the giving up of power in the name of saving just a little for yourself. To see a brother in another body separate from yours is the expression of a wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world, and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities can come a little nearer or go a little farther off, but cannot join. Lemoyne. Chapter 26, The Transition. Introduction. In the dynamics of attack is sacrifice a key idea. It is the pivot upon which all compromise, all desperate attempts to strike a bargain, and all conflicts achieve a seeming balance. It is the symbol of the central theme that somebody must lose. Its focus on the body is apparent, for it is always an attempt to limit loss. The body is itself a sacrifice, a giving up of power in the name of saving just a little for yourself. To see a brother in another body separate from yours is the expression of a wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities can come a little nearer or go a little farther off, but cannot join. Section 2 in the transition the sacrifice, the quote-unquote sacrifice of oneness. The world you see is based on the quote-unquote sacrifice of oneness. It is a picture of a complete disunity and total lack of joining. Around each entity is built a wall so seeming solid that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without, and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. Each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete. For if they joined, each one would lose its own identity, and by their separation are their selves maintained. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. Chapter 26, The Transition, Section 2, 
the quote-unquote sacrifice of oneness. Paragraph 2. The world you see is based on quote sacrifice of oneness. It is a picture of a complete disunity and total lack of joining. Around each entity is built a wall so seeming solid that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without, and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. <clears throat> each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete, for if they joined, each one would lose its own identity, and by their separation are their selves maintained. 3. The little that the body fences off becomes the self, preserved through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. In this perception of yourself, the body's loss would be a sacrifice indeed, for sight of bodies becomes a sign that sacrifice is limited and something still remains for you alone. And for this little... To belong to you are limits placed on everything outside, just as they are on everything you think is yours. Forgiving and receiving are the same, and to accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see, for you must see him as you see yourself. Thank you, Fran. And uh, Robin Marie. Three. The little that the body fences off becomes the self, preserved through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. In this perception of yourself, the body's loss would be a sacrifice indeed. For sight of bodies become a sign that sacrifice is limited and something still remains for you alone. And for this little to belong to you are limits placed on everything outside, just as they are on everything you think is yours. For giving and receiving are the same, and to accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see, for you must see him as you see yourself. Four, the body is a loss and can be made to sacrifice. And while you see your brother as a body, apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. What greater sacrifice could be demanded than that God's Son perceive himself without his father and his father be without his son yet every sacrifice demands that they be separate and without the other the memory of God must be denied if any sacrifice is asked of anyone what witness to the wholeness of God's son is seen within a world of separate bodies however much he witnesses to truth he is invisible in such a world, nor can his song of union and of love be heard at all. Yet is it given him to make the world recede before his song and sight of him replace the body's eyes? 
you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. <clears throat> okay, thank you. Uh, let's see. Four. The body is a loss and can be made to sacrifice. And while you see your brother as a body, apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. What greater sacrifice could be demanded than that God's son perceive himself without his father and his father be without his son? Yet every sacrifice demands that they be separate and without the other. The memory of God must be denied if any sacrifice is asked of anyone. What witness to the wholeness of God's Son is seen within a world of separate bodies, however much he witnesses to truth? He is invisible in such a world. Nor can his song of union and of love be heard at all. Yet, is it given to him to make the world recede before his song and sight of him replace the body's eyes? Five. Those who would see the witnesses to truth instead of to illusion merely ask that they might see a purpose in the world that gives it sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet it can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. Five. Those who would see the witnesses to truth instead of to illusion merely ask that they might see a purpose in the world that gives it sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet it can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. Six, you can lose sight of oneness but cannot make sacrifice of its reality. Nor can you lose what you would sacrifice, nor keep the Holy Spirit from his task of showing you that it has not been lost. Hear then the song your brother sings to you, and let the world recede, and take the rest his witness offers on behalf of peace. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what it is given him to witness to, 
that you may see it and rejoice with him. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his and die each time you see in him a sin-deserving death. Thank you, Karen. Is there a new reader for 6 and 7? New reader for paragraph 6 and 7. Hi, Lori. I can check and see if I've got it in my phone here. Okay, Mindy. Hmm. Okay. Um, don't seem to be able to find it. Sorry. Okay. Okay, Lemoyne, we'll go back to you then. You can lose sight of oneness, but can not make sacrifice of its reality. Nor can you lose what you would sacrifice, nor keep the Holy Spirit from his task of showing you that it has not been lost. Hear then the song your brother sings to you, and let the world recede and take the rest his witness offers on behalf of peace. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what it is, what it is given him to witness to, that you may see it, and rejoice with him. Read that again. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what it is given him to witness to, that you may see it and rejoice with him. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his and die each time you see in him a sin-deserving death. Yet every instant can you be reborn and given life again. His holiness gives life to you who cannot die because his sinlessness is known to God and can no more be sacrificed by you than can the light in you be blotted out because he sees it not. You who would make a sacrifice of life and make your eyes and ears bear witness to the death of God and of his Holy Son, think not that you have power to make of them what God will not they be. In heaven, God's Son is not imprisoned in a body, nor is sacrificed in solitude to sin. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. Seven. 
Yet every instant can you be reborn and given life again. His holiness gives life to you who cannot die because his sinlessness is known to God and can no more be sacrificed by you than can the light in you be blotted out because he sees it not. You who would make a sacrifice of life and make your eyes and ears bear witness to the death of God and of his Holy Son, think not that you have power to make of them what God will not they be. In heaven, God's Son is not imprisoned in a body, nor a sacrifice in solitude to sin. 8. And as he is in heaven, so must he be eternally and everywhere. He is the same forever, born again each instant, untouched by time, and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death. For neither did he make, and only one was given him by one who knows his gifts, can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests in gentleness upon his son and keeps him safe from all injustices the world would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his father's will for him? Thank you, Fran. And Robin Marie. And as he is in heaven, so must he be eternally and everywhere. He is the same forever, born again each instant, untouched by time, and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death. For neither did he make, and only one was given him. By one who knows his gifts can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests in gentleness upon his son and keeps him safe from all injustices the world would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his father's will for him? Nine. Condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. It is your special function to ensure the door be opened that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's special function but to release the Holy Son of God from the imprisonment he made to keep himself from justice. Could your function be a task apart and separate from capital H, his own? Thank you, Robin Marie. Uh, And Jessica. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Nine. Condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. It is your special function to ensure the door be opened, that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's special function but to release the Holy Son of God from the imprisonment 
he made to keep himself from justice. Would your function be a task apart and separate from his own? I'd say no. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you very much, everyone who read this morning, and everyone who listened, and everyone who even called in to join us um, today as we begin this beautiful section of the transition to oneness. Um, let's see. Two ways of doing this right now. Uh, it strikes me we have time to read these nine paragraphs again, one paragraph at a time, one reader at a time, or um, I could touch on those things that speak most clearly to me. A preference? I would love reading it again. Me too. I always Thank love you. that. Me too. <laughs> me too, me three, me four. Okay. So let's see. We'll do it just in exact reverse. Um, and, you know, we might wind up with the same paragraph or we might not. Let's just see. So we'll begin um, at paragraph one in chapter 26, reading it one paragraph at a time, one reader at a time, rather than Mom? stair-stepping. Yes? I have only yes. the first paragraph. I have only the first paragraph. May I be the first reader? <laughs> We're going to start with you, Mindy. I'll we'll start with you, and I'll just, I'll just call out from the bottom after you. Okay? okay? So, yeah, here we go. Take it away, Mindy. All right. Chapter 26, The Transition, 1, Introduction, Part 1. I hope I got that right. Is this correct in the dynamics of attack and sacrifice a key idea? Yes, it is. Good. In the dynamics of attack and sacrifice a key idea. It is the pivot upon which all compromise, all desperate attempts to strike a bargain, and all conflicts achieve a seeming balance. It is the symbol of the central theme that somebody must use. Its focus on the body is apparent, for it is always an attempt to limit loss. The body is itself a sacrifice, a giving up of power in the name of saving just a little for yourself. To see a brother in another body separate from yours is the expression of a wish to see a little part of him and sacrifice the rest. Look at the world and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. Um, There's one more sentence. Do you have it, Mindy? Oh. Mindy dropped off. I'll just finish that. Look at the world and you will see nothing attached to anything beyond itself. All seeming entities can come a little nearer or go a little farther off, but cannot join. And the next paragraph then is for you, Karen. Chapter 26, The Transition, Section 2, The Quote-Unquote Sacrifice of oneness. Paragraph 2. 
The world you see is based on so-called sacrifice of oneness. It is a picture of a complete disunity and total lack of joining. Around each entity is built a wall so seeming solid that it looks as if what is inside can never reach without and what is out can never reach and join with what is locked away within the wall. Each part must sacrifice the other part to keep itself complete. For if they joined, each one would lose its own identity and by their separation are their selves maintained. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. I keep being surprised when it's my turn. Um, B, the little that the body fences off becomes the self, preserved through sacrifice of all the rest. And all the rest must lose this little part, remaining incomplete to keep its own identity intact. In this perception of yourself, the body's loss would be a sacrifice indeed. For sight of bodies becomes the sign that sacrifice is limited and something still remains for you alone. And for this little to belong to you are limits placed on everything outside, just as they are on everything you think is yours. Forgiving and receiving are the same. And to accept the limits of a body is to impose these limits on each brother whom you see. Or you must see him as you see yourself. Thank you, Jessica. Robert Marie. Four. The body is a loss and can be made to sacrifice. And while you see your brother as a body, apart from you and separate in his cell, you are demanding sacrifice of him and you. What greater sacrifice could be demanded than that God's son perceive himself without his father and his father be without his son? Yet every sacrifice demands that they be separate and without the other. The memory of God must be denied if any sacrifice is asked of anyone. What witness to the wholeness of God's Son is seen within a world of separate bodies, however much he witnesses to truth? He is invisible in such a world, nor can his song of union and of love be heard at all. Yet it is given him to make the world recede before his song, and sight of him replace the body's eyes. Thank you, Robin Marie and Fran. Five, those who would see the witnesses to truth instead of to illusion merely ask that they may see a purpose in the world that gives us sense and makes it meaningful. Without your special function, has this world no meaning for you? Yet it can become a treasure house as rich and limitless as heaven itself. 
No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen. To add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. Thank you, Fran. And Lemoyne. You can lose sight of oneness, but cannot make sacrifice of its reality. Nor can you lose what you would sacrifice, nor keep the Holy Spirit from his task of showing you that it has not been lost. Hear then the song your brother sings to you, and let the world recede and take the rest his witness offers on behalf of peace. But judge him not, for you will hear no song of liberation for yourself, nor see what is given him to witness to, that you may see it and rejoice with him. Make not his holiness a sacrifice to your belief in sin. You sacrifice your innocence with his and die each time you see in him a sin-deserving death. Thank you, Lemoyne. And is there a new reader for paragraph 7? I can read... Um Thank you, Linda. Okay, yet every instant can you be reborn and given life again. His holiness gives life to you, who cannot die because his sinlessness is known to God and can no more be sacrificed by you than can the light in you be blotted out because he sees it not. You who would make a sacrifice of life and make your eyes and ears bear witness to the death of God and of his holy Son, think not that you have power to make of them what God will not they be. In heaven, God's Son is not imprisoned in a body, nor is sacrificed in solitude to sin. Thank you, Lana. And is there another new reader for paragraph 8? One more new reader for paragraph 8. I can do it, Lori. Good morning. Thank you, Judy. And as he is in heaven, so must he be eternally and everywhere. He, capital He, is the same forever, born again each instant, untouched by time and far beyond the reach of any sacrifice of life or death, for neither did he make, and only one was given him by capital One who knows his gifts can never suffer sacrifice and loss. God's justice rests in gentleness upon his son, his capital son, and keeps him safe from all injustices the world 
would lay upon him. Could it be that you could make his sins reality and sacrifice his capital father's will for him? Thank you, Judy. Is there a new reader for paragraph 9? Okay. Now I'll just finish. Condemn him not by seeing him within the rotting prison where he sees himself. It is your special function to ensure the door be opened that he may come forth to shine on you and give you back the gift of freedom by receiving it of you. What is the Holy Spirit's function but to release the Holy Son of God from the prison he made to keep himself from justice? Could your function be a task apart and separate from his own? Mm. Amen. What a promise. Um... Thank you, everyone who read, and um, and for the openness and giftedness of re- rereading it one more time. Um, I think we're close enough to stop the hour, uh, where we can have a good, serious look at special function, as it's given in our lesson today. So, Fran, if you would give us. Your word this morning on lesson chart seventy six, which you appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Hi everybody. We are still in the second part of the workbook and the theme that we're on is what is the Christ? In today's lesson, lesson two seventy six, the word of God is given me to speak. So I shall read some from What is the Christ, and then we'll go over to our lesson and do our five-minute practice. Okay. What is the Christ? The Holy Spirit reaches from the Christ in you to all your dreams and bids them come to him to be translated into truth. He will exchange them for the final dream, which God appointed as the end of dreams. But when forgiveness rests upon the world and peace has come to every son of God, what could remain to keep things separate for what remains to see except Christ's face? And how long will this holy face be seen when it is but the symbol that the time for learning now is over and the goal of the atonement has been reached at last? So therefore, let us seek to find Christ's face and look on nothing else. As we behold his glory, will we know we have no need of learning or perception or of time or anything except the Holy Self, the Christ whom God created as his Son. We'll go over to the lesson. The lesson 276. The Word of God is given me to speak. What is the word of God? Quote, My son is pure and holy as myself. Unquote. And must did God become the father of the son he loves? For thus was he created. This the word his son did not create with him, because in this his son was born. 
Let us accept his fatherhood, and all is given us. Deny we were created in his love, and we deny ourselves to be unsure of who we are, of who our Father is, and for what purpose we have come. And yet we need but to acknowledge him who gave his word to us in our creation, to remember him and so recall our capital S self. Father, your word is mine, and it is this that I would speak to all my brothers who are given me to cherish as my own, as I am loved and blessed and saved by you. Lesson 276, the word of God is given me to speak. Five minutes.
276. The word of God is given me to speak. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. That was so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it's funny, when I, the second time I read that, the word of God is given me to speak, I almost said, thank you. <laughs> I had to say amen, but <laughs> thank you was there. Wow. Yeah. Snuck <laughs> right in while you weren't looking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Fran. Gratitude is such a powerful state of mind. Yes, yes. Good morning, Ms. Karen. I'd love to jump in. Um, I always feel like a lot more clarity when we first finish the readings and do the lesson. The Word of God. I thought when I meditated into it that the Word of God is where we were created. It says in the lesson that we didn't create this part with God. We were created by God here. That's like the word of God is source. You know, the word of God is love. And the word of God is given me to give the world means I receive my, through my oneness with God, I'm given source. I'm given spirit, Holy Spirit. I'm given love to give the world. Um, That's kind of how it, when I meditated into it, it wasn't like words that we just talk to each other and speak in language, worldly language. It's not worldly language, but it can be words you speak. You know, when you see the Christ in another person and you acknowledge that in them, that's the word of God. That's not the worldly way of seeing a person, you know. I had that experience with my younger brother when I was away last week. When I first saw him, I saw so much Christ-like, and I was just blown away. I mean, it was like the Holy Spirit showed me his true self. And I told him that, and he was blessing and, you know, kind of turning away in kind of humility. And it was the Christ consciousness coming through me in that moment. The word was given to give it, you know, and to see the oneness which takes me to my thoughts about the par- the chapter reading, the text reading, which is we're, we're coming into a transition. And instead of having body sight or body's eyes or the ego's eyes to look at one another, we can look at each other through oneness, the transition to the truth without sacrificing the holy Christ self in our in our awareness of each other, instead of sacrificing the Christ self-awareness of one another because we're looking at bodies or because we're looking at discrete, separate entities in the world, you know, be it a plant, be it a, be it a flower, be it, you know, an animal or a bird. I mean, when we're in that elevated state of one self-consciousness, we feel our unity with everything. We don't feel like our awareness of our true self stops 
with our body or our emotions or our, um, you know, our ego self with the history and the stories and, and the falsehood and the physical pain and, you know, our belief systems and all of those things. It's rather that when we're in the Christ self, we just feel a part of everything and the world recedes. That's like the most important. That was the line that jumped off the page to me. The world recedes. All the nonsense that's going on, all the chaos that's going on is eclipsed by kind of a sense of, of beauty, a sense of reverence, a sense of appreciation and gratitude. The world recedes and and there's just this, oh, God, I love you so much, and thank you, Lord, thank you. Thank you for letting me be one with you. And that is all you want to channel. You know, you just want to channel, I am one with God. I open myself to the truth of my being, to the love of who I really am, and I want to share it. I want to share it with all my brothers. I don't, I don't want them to be lost in their illusions or the dream of separation. So if I can touch them with this love, if I can extend this love, you know, just like the reading, the the beginning, that opening that Lori gave us today by Amy somebody, what I heard when she was reading that was the same thing, just, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Let me be a channel. Let the truth of my oneness with you be my offering to this world. And, and let all my ego and sanity just be dissolved away in the Holy Spirit. And let me just um, be open to the Christ self. You know, my ego doesn't have any get any credit for anything. <laughs> you know, my ego is not part of this equation. It's actually just like stepping aside in stillness and offering myself up so that the Christ self can come through. And it's kind of tricky because the ego has been so conditioned to jump in all the time. But that's not what this is about. This is about learning to open to the truth. So it's like someone said today in the, in the earlier call, you know, you, you open your crown chakra and you open your heart and your heart mind and extend the divine. I think I've talked long enough. Thank you so much for letting me go first. I'm complete. Oh, boy, was that ever packed with love. Thank you, Karen. Oh, Karen, that was so beautiful. It was like a walk through heaven. Thank you. It, It was the word of God you shared. It came straight from your sacred soul that's one with God. You shared it beautifully. Thank you. Oh, I totally agree. Thank you, Lana. Me too. Thank you, Lana. Can I just say one more thing? I mean, it's just, I haven't been in a situation where there was a lot of worldly dynamics in a long, long time, but I really saw the fruit of this course when I was dealing with a lot of people who were very upset. And I am so, so grateful for this call. Oh, that gives me goosebumps all over. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, holy goosebumps. (laughs) Thank you. Holy goosebumps.
I love it. Yes, I'm so grateful for this call too. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I just wanted to mention, or you know, when I say that, I usually mention too much, but you know, I have so many worldly and physical adventures, but I also know where my home is, and you know, and just like Karen was sharing, there's a place in me when I seem to be sucked into this illusion of separateness. There's a place in me I can always go. I close my eyes. I become very still and very present. And I can recognize, you know, when I, I can recognize that the fact that I'm aware that I exist uh, with, without anything else. When I come to this sacred place of now, here and now, I can close my eyes and everything, like the greeting says, recedes. There's no world. There's no bodies. There's just this awareness of existence with nothing added. And I can rest here. And then I remember that this existence, this, this awareness that tells me I exist, is the Son of God. It's peaceful. It's quiet. It's not affected by anything. It's like a sanctuary. It's my sacred place. Good morning. How are you? And then I can remember that I'm one with God. And and you just like Sharon, I mean, Karen was saying, it's like, well, you know, this awareness that exists, that I identify as me, what am I here for? What's my purpose? And, of course, it's the soul waking up to who it is. And... It discovers its love. That's what it is. It's one love. And the more I share that, the more bodies disappear. And I see the Christ in people. And the beautiful part of it is that when I see someone as the Christ, as one with me, they recognize it. Jesus, Jesus once, I asked him, what is awakening? And the response I got was, it's when love recognizes love and remembers itself. So all I have to do with my brothers or anything that shows up, I recognize the Christ. And in recognizing the Christ in them, they recognize it in their self. And we discover we're all part of the same one love. And separate bodies fall away. They become so unimportant that they just fade from our awareness. And that's all we're doing. We're keeping, that's all I try to do, keep my awareness clean. I don't try to travel into time and space. When my awareness does that, it's engaged in past regrets, present fears, future worries. But when I bring that present fear to love's embrace in my sacred place, it heals and disappears. And this reading and this lesson, and then what I, I hear only love, because I have only love in my awareness, and God speaks to me in that love. It speaks to me through me and out of me. You know, it's like, we're all like Jesus. We're, well, and of course, love it would cause the elevated self a form. But we know who we are, but we walk upon this world. Sharing the good news, 
sharing the truth about who we are, waking everybody up. That's our purpose here, to share the love of God. And when we stumble, we just forget it. And then we come back to peace and we go on. Because God's always with us, and we never are separate from God's love. And any time I forget, I just come to my sacred place and get in touch with my own existence as a soul in this present moment with God. And I rest there and let my mind be healed. And it always is, you know. It's just so reliable and so dependable. It's it's such a beautiful healing sect. I can't think of the sanctuary. <laughs> so anyhow, I'll stop that one now. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, that was so beautiful, Anna. That clear place. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Lana. Thank you, Lana. That was lovely. Thank you. say a few more words just really quickly Um, because I want to clarify it and take it in more deeply into myself so today's reading about the transition it said that when we see ourselves as a body or we see our brother as a body we're sacrificing our awareness of all of creation that we're part of we're sacrificing ourselves as created as the Christ self, the, that we're sacrificing ourselves as an extension of God. And if I um, sacrifice all of that, I hold on to this little piece and the ego clings to it because it, it's identity. And it wants to have some separate identity. But that's the cost of it. So that's the sacrifice. You sacrifice God, being a God, realized being, or I don't know about realized, you know, not in the Sanskrit sense that we're already all, all the way there. But our true self is love. And we sacrifice all of that for the illusion of this insane world. And all this chaos of a separate self with all this baggage and all this falsehood. All right, that's enough. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Hi, it's Robin Marie. I just had one thing that really struck out to me 
in paragraph 5. No instant passes here in which your brother's holiness cannot be seen to add a limitless supply to every meager scrap and tiny crumb of happiness that you allot yourself. And that just struck me so powerfully because, because this, this looking at Christ in each gives back so much more than we could ever imagine. Just so beautiful. And we can be so happy when we see that and it comes to us. It's just a, a wonderful um, sentence. <laughs> I like it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I like it too, Robin. This is an aside, but I just have to say uh, the little pictures that you send me from time to time so reflect that vision and make me very grateful. <laughs> Thank you, Aubrey. You are very welcome. Thanks. Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, this story. Little scraps of happiness, huh? Um, there's so much I find in this reading today. Um, as we begin this chapter on the transition. But I think uh, the place I want to start, actually is way, way, way back at the early part of the workbook in Lesson 37. 
or 31. It's less than 31. Uh, I think less than 31 is what I see as a form of vengeance. And there's a startling statement in the middle of that that lesson. We're asked to open our eyes and look about and what I see is a form of vengeance. No, I'm sorry. Lesson 31 is I'm not a victim of the world I see. Yeah, yeah. So you close your eyes and I'm not a victim of the world I see and you look about in your mind for thoughts that are inconsistent with that. And then you open your eyes and I'm not a victim of the world I see. And let me, I need to bring it up so I can say exactly what that says. Um, Give me one moment. It's quite startling. Sorry, I didn't have that tab open to begin with (laughs) because I wasn't sure I'd start there. But anyway, in Lesson 31, I'm not a victim of the world I see. He says the two longer periods of practice with the idea for today are needed, one in the morning and one at night, three to five minutes for each recommended during that time. Look about you slowly while repeating the idea two or three times. Then close your eyes and apply the same idea to your inner world. You will escape from both together. Here it is. For the inner is the cause of the outer. The inner is the cause of the outer. As you survey your inner world, merely let whatever thoughts cross your mind come into awareness. Each should be considered for a moment and replaced by the next. Try not to establish any hierarchy. Watch them come and go dispassionately as possible. Do not dwell on anyone in particular, but let the stream move calmly by itself without any special investment on your part. As you sit and watch your thoughts, sit and watch your thoughts, repeat today's ideas often as you care to with no sense of hurry. Remind yourself you are making a declaration of independence in the name of your own freedom. And in your freedom lies the freedom of the world. The inner is the cause of the outer. I'm not a victim of the world I see. And the next one is I have invented the world I see. Like the preceding one applies to your inner and outer world, which are actually the same. Okay? I'm allowing my mind to escape the limits of my body here. Your inner and outer worlds are the same. I invented the outer world. I see them as different, so I need to practice in two phases, but they're really the same. Repeating this idea. I have invented this situation as I see it. This is where the atonement is my cure. (laughs) The atonement is my cure because it clarifies my inner sight. It tells me the truth of me, exactly as it's given in today's lesson. Truth of me, exactly as it's given in today's lesson. 
is let's review it say it exactly like it is 276 my son is pure and holy as myself that's my cure that's the healing of my mind the restoration of truth when I can accept that I've accepted everything I've accepted God I've accepted myself as I was created I've accepted the fact that all creation still remains changeless in the mind of God that it was possible it was impossible that God create anything less holy than himself and truth restored to my mind if the inner is the cause of the outer and I accept the atonement for myself I've accepted the healing of the world there's a lot of confusion in the course community about the world um, but I can tell you from direct experience uh, of this miracle of atonement that the world as the ego sees it is a tremendous distortion why because the ego sees from within inside the walls of separation the limit of the body and if I see myself as contained and limited and in the prison of a body that's how how I will see everything separate from me I need a miracle I, I need the miracle of truth the one miracle that is the end of all miracles the first and the last he says the acceptance of the truth as I was created and when I've accepted that inner world um, it's is just like Glenna says that place of clarity where God can shine in my mind and shine right through me uh, and that miracle of um, being seen from truth is the miracle that heals the world that heals everything that heals uh, anyone on whom that light shines that is the power that is within us but not of us it says you always choose between your weakness and the strength of Christ in you um, and, and for me in practice um, I, I need a practice you see uh, to keep me in that clear place and for me in practice uh, I think of it as uh, a lot of different ways one of my favorites is riding God's sidecar another one is staying on my horse um, when I'm constantly grounded in truth I lose that sense of limitation that um, causes all the trouble that ego sees in the world all the distortion all the illusion all the resistance all the denial all the doubt 
about the truth of unity and love and innocence and holiness. The inner is the cause of the outer. Um, that's why God gave us the Holy Spirit, our own right mind. I was talking to someone yesterday, and, and in my experience, it's always been uh, like a giant pool or a mailbox from heaven or a place I can always go to for restoration of my clarity. Lana, you often write about the eye in the middle of the storm. You know, that there's this place of strength and holiness, of purity that can't be contained, of more than guiltlessness, it's absolute and utter holiness. Whoops. And from that place, I have no difficulty interpreting what's the truth of anything I see. Um, we're reminded uh, in so many places. I mean, you can open this book anywhere and in any paragraph, and it will say exactly the same thing um, in so many different ways. But mostly I want to say, if I were to rely on Lori for any of this, I would be very sadly mistaken because I was mistaken in myself. But when truth lights my mind, everything not true is nothing. And I find no need to give attention to the little distortions, the little, um, the things that you know, the world screams, look here, look here, be afraid, be afraid, be afraid, be very afraid, look here, look here, look here. Um, those things are all a consequence uh, of sleeping, you know, it's, it's just sleeping. And when I can let this clarity of mind stay with me, um, there's nothing that doesn't share my peace. Well, there's a lesson for that. There's nothing that does not share my holiness. There's a lesson for that. And as for the confusion about the world, um, when I'm clear on in causes out, I start to understand uh, the perfect clarity that's in lesson 155. The middle way, he calls it the middle way. Um, you walk, you walk in the world, and to people who are asleep yet, you look exactly like them, and there's no cause for fear. And yet, you meet someone whose mind is lit the same of yours, and that instant bond of holiness is there to share. And, and those moments of clear seeing. Uh, when someone's in your in your field uh, that's ready to know that, you see them light up. Not not so much with your body's eyes, but you feel that intense recognition, that sense of sameness, that um, mental hug, if you will, uh, that says you are you are me and I am you, and you belong to me. That instant recognition. None of this is capable um, 
of ego. You know, I need to learn, and he says exactly this, you have been chosen. You have been chosen to live as if you're not an ego. And when I step back and let truth lead the way, um, as he says in Lesson 155, that recognition of truth goes before me. Um, so many miracles um, can, can be uh, reached in this way when I recognize that truth always goes before me. Always goes before me. And when it does, and I allow it to, that sense of recognition is instantly there. And that second sense of recognition, now I want to talk about the word sacrifice. That sec sense of recognition is what he means when he says blessing. I bless you, brother, with the love of God that I would share with you. For I would learn, I, I would learn the joyous lesson that there is no love but God's and yours, mine's, and everyone's. Here's a fact, a fact that's worthy of storing. Um, the opposite of sacrifice is blessing. The opposite of sacrifice is blessing. And if I see myself as sacrificing my peace of mind, my joy, my happiness, my sense of wonder in the world, my sense of the miraculous being ready to happen anytime, any place, anywhere, if I sacrifice any of that, I lose. But the way I can keep it all, I keep all of it by blessing, just simple blessing. The light my mind shines on you and that's a blessing for us both the light in your mind shines on me and that's a blessing for us both and that mutual recognition is simply the truth of how we were created and now i understand that i had a thought i had a thought that there could be anything opposite god that's a mistake I had a thought that there could be anything opposite holiness. That's a mistake. I had a thought that someone must lose for me to gain. That's a mistake. I had a thought that happiness came from getting, getting, getting. That was a mistake. Everything about God is a complete and whole circle. It's a contained, uh, it's, it's all contained. And when I slide into that place where everything is all contained in holiness, it's as if the sun breaks through the clouds. Whatever those clouds may be are clouds of mistaken ideas. Just mistaken ideas. While I was mistaken, did the sun stop shining? <laughs> did, did God dim his light? Did... Um, did anything happen to mar the perfection of creation? No, I just placed a lot of mistaken ideas between me and the truth. The inner is the cause of the outer. And when I open my heart mind for a correction, what's the truth of this? That truth is the same truth for everything and everyone. I thought I understood this world, this life, this, this creation, but I was mistaken in every way. 
And the atonement is the correction of all of it. And now I can say with all sincerity, with all investment, with all my heart, love of God, love through me, there is no love in me. But let me be like thy clear air. Let me be like thy clear air. I accept the truth. I realize that, uh, you know, I asked him, I'm going to go here instead of that. I asked, I asked Holy Spirit one time, because I know God moves. We all know God moves. We all see his wonders. We all have those breakthrough moments when we understand the truth of holiness. And, and when we see that, we know God's moving. But I wanted to know, I wanted to know uh, what's my place in this. And so I said, oh, God, how do you move? <laughs> how do you move? How, how do you um, extend yourself and light up everything in these holy moments? And he said, through the sacred heart, that's where all this wisdom abides, you see. And um, and every heart is sacred. <laughs> and um, if I depend on my body's eyes for that, I'm going to experience such severe limitation. I won't even understand the world, the word happiness. Um, but when I realize that God moves through the sacred heart, I throw open the windows and doors. I'm complete. Beautiful breath. Thank you so much. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah. Always so helpful, Laurie. Always. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you. That was so rich. I wish I could, you know, stay each part. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lori. This is Wendy. Another, my friend, the channel spoke of her, uh, the consciousness that spoke through her as the teachers, and the teachers told us that, along with forgiveness, sincerity is the key. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, well, does God think I'm just making it up that I love Him? <laughs> and then I realized, no. I know if it's real, if I'm honestly feeling that love, if I'm clear in myself. And Lori, I hear it so clearly in you. Your sincerity is so deep and so wide and it embraces all of us. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. God bless you, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah, just so beautiful. We are bringing out the beauty in one another. Thanks. And that's true seeing. Just simply, that's true seeing. Um, so simple. Mind, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 
There's so much more. Thanks, Wendy. Hi, it's Karen again, just really quick. Lori started with, I am not a victim of the world I see. I have invented the world I see. The world I see outside is a reflection of my inner world. If I feel like a victim on my, in my inner world, I mean, if I, feel, if I perceive victimization in the outer world, I have to go within to understand that that began in my inner consciousness. And then you said to stay, to go into the inner place and make the correction, right? I feel like a victim of something in the external world. How do I apply that on the inner plane when I feel like I am a victim? I feel hurt. Somebody did something. You know, um, I'm stopping there and I'm just, you know, giving it back to you. Do you want to clarify that a little bit more? Or never mind, or just forget it. I'm complete. <laughs> I'm going to um, make an attempt. <laughs> Let me get, there we go. It's a prayer, is what it is. The prayer begins with, above all else I want to see. Above all else I want to see differently. God is in everything I see. And God is in everything I see because God is in my mind. Now I want a correction. Can I accept that God is in everything I see. With the prayer, above all else I want to see, I'm giving up attack thoughts. You know, there is no other way. This idea that such a thing as attack exists uh, is the game, uh, the sharp-edged toys he talks about, isn't, isn't it time we put away these sharp-edged toys? Of course I had experiences of attack. Of course I had experiences of attacking. Um, that's the nature of uh, victimhood. If I'm attacked, someone must be a perpetrator, and I must be a victim. Those experiences... Uh, 
well, they did happen in the world, um, can be brought into a place where I pray instead to see something different. Somebody said once that, um, I'll make an attempt on this, but it was so beautiful when he rendered it. Um, if I had a list, you know, I'm looking at something I want instead of the experience I had of attack and being attacked. If I had a list of everything in the world that I wanted and everything um, everything possible and seemingly impossible, if I had uh, an itemization of everything that would restore perfection, and I presented that list to God, it would say, oh man, baby, there's so much more. <laughs> you still don't know everything possible. That's what I truly want. Above all else, I want to see. Above all else, everything else um, was horrible. He says, uh, no one can fail who condemn who <laughs> commits not condemns no one can fail no one can fail who gives his spirit to his father for in that giving i don't I don't want anything else just in that giving of myself he gives me everything that's a pretty good definition of the atonement more than you could imagine. And when I want truth more than I want anything else, uh, in my experience, it was like a cliff that I cast myself off of um, and prayed I'd be caught, but I didn't know for sure. <laughs> and uh, and no one can fail who commends his spirit into the hands of his father because, because in that moment, everything is given. That's the miracle of atonement. I want the truth. I want unity. Everything else is a dream. And when I give up attack thoughts, attacking outside myself, attacking inside myself, um, where where is condemnation now? And who is responsible for my state of mind now? And when I'm anchored in truth, the everything of all, the truth of, of God and my relationship to him, um, there's nothing, nothing that could make me want to throw that away. And I will discover, <laughs> uh, and I did discover, uh, there's lots of different ways I can throw that away. One of the chief ways I can throw that away is by blaming someone else for my state of mind. I can also throw it away um, by believing someone doesn't deserve everything. I can throw it away by thinking that it costs me something uh, to believe in holiness. Uh, these ideas of sacrifice that someone must lose um, are just ideas um, that 
I embraced in my mind because of my experience of attack and unfairness and abandonment and all those horrible things uh, that happen in this dream of the world. But I came here for something different. What is that? And, and that's what he means um, when he says embrace a purpose. When you've embraced the Holy Spirit's purpose for truth and clarity, um, the means are provided. Now, faith and belief and vision are all given um, when I embrace a purpose. I came here for a special purpose, a special function something I could only do, only I, in this place that I find myself could do. What is that? What is that? And when I let that replace my ideas of victimhood and blame and condemnation, I start to see a totality uh, that's beyond my wildest dreams, um, a sense of completion that was outside my awareness altogether when I was sleeping. Um, it's not to say the horrible things didn't happen, like they seem to have happened, but Holy Spirit can place them in a context where all of a sudden that's not a personal experience, that's a universal experience. Everyone who come, comes here has it. And if I can see beyond it, then I found my freedom. And if I can share my freedom with the world, the world is no longer what it was. It's now peopled with um, ideas of truth, of unity, of justice, of love, purity and holiness. And all it requires of me is to give up the idea that anyone can lose. I was talking to Kathy yesterday. She, Kathy thinks a lot of weird things about Course in Miracles, but she likes its effect on me. <laughs> she said, well, how was, your, how was your call today? I said, it was really good. So it was just one simple question in the justice of heaven. If it was within my power and the scope of my ability to throw anyone out of God's loving gaze, would I do that? For nothing in the world would I do that. Nothing in the world would I do that. And there isn't a one of us who would answer that question any differently. You know that. You know that down to your toenails. That if it were possible for me to throw someone out of God, would I do it? Not in a million years. You know that. And so all these mistaken ideas, uh, it looks like this, it should be this, I think it's that, if then, um, all fade into nothingness. Because you know in your heart, you know in your heart of hearts you'd throw no one out of heaven. I want to live like that. That's my purpose. I dedicate my mind to that cause. And now I discover the truth of what he means when he says your mind can only serve. Your mind can only serve. Look at, look at lesson 237. Your mind can only serve. And I'm always choosing. 
what ideas I want to serve. Do I want to serve the ideas of separation, of loss, of torment, of suffering, of pain, of lack of wholeness, of uh, injury? Or do I want to serve the cause of justice, of love, of peace, joy? Which one's going to make me happy? There's only one. There's only one that's going to make me happy. And when I accept that purpose, when I accept that purpose, suddenly all the rest of it just falls away. It just falls away. And I could give this. He says, I could give this to all the lonely ones. I walked that lonely road. Every one of us, we didn't come here because we were insanely happy. We didn't find the Course of Miracles because life was a wonderful dream. <laughs> you know, we found it because we wanted a better way. And, and having found it and doing the lessons exactly like he gives us, um, there's this divine technology that takes hold of my mind and turns it so that I know which way I want to go. I want to follow holiness. I want to follow truth. I want to, I want to serve that. And suddenly, suddenly, um, this light is shining through me, and um, it looks pretty good out here. And uh, I don't feel uh, separate from the world anymore. And then it goes on and on. You know the wonderful vistas that open up. <laughs> you know. But it's all accepting that special purpose. And the special purpose is my call to the Holy Spirit to show me the truth. And, um, and, and let my mind follow you. And um, the, means, the means are provided if I accept that purpose. And then it's just my happy discovery that uh, I would rather love than hate. I'd rather embrace than attack. I'd rather bring light than cast a shadow. Um, and I'm on my horse pretty darn solid. And there isn't a lot that can make me hop off. But it does. It does. I hop off and I get angry sometimes and I think there's an injustice here. But I'll tell you, it's the way it turned. Um, the true way it turned was recognizing that I can always make a choice to bless a curse. And when I make the choice to bless, I'm happy. And, and here's a really great tip. If I can give you, I can give the lady at the coffee window, I can give... Uh, anybody a chance to bless me I can approach them with the idea that in my mind in my mind I recognize you want to bless me and I'm here to receive it and suddenly I do how does that happen I don't know but I'll tell you what that person who had the opportunity to bless me walks away feeling really 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 excellent and uh, now I know what he means by um, I accept the purpose of holiness and the means are provided. I turn into the blessing myself. And blessing is the opposite of sacrifice. 
and now I don't see anybody losing anymore. I don't see me losing. I don't see anybody losing because the opposite of loss is blessing. And that's what he means when he says, the word of God has given me to speak. It's not words. It's just a simple act of blessing. Namaste. You know, I'm complete. Well, thank you for that, Laurie. That was heavenly. Thank you, Lori. My cup runs over. Taking me. Thank you for your. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for the blessing. Right back at you. (laughs) Doesn't it feel good? (laughs) Oh man. Well, the word of God has given me to speak today. I didn't know I was going to go here, but. Um, but I'm winding up right here uh, in my little book White Fire by Moji in uh, the light of the word of God has given me to speak today and in this in this little piece the word grace and truth are capitalized so we know what that means don't deprive grace of her role to say yes to the truth as it is revealed inside your heart so that the world does not miss another opportunity to witness the glory of God unfolding. Just say yes to truth. Don't deprive grace of her role as it's revealed inside your heart so that the world does not miss another opportunity to witness the glory of God unfolding. And it feels really good. I'm complete. Amen. And thank you, everyone, for joining today. What a what a marvelous way to open this beautiful chapter of the transition. So we'll end the recording, but not the call. And uh, yeah, my gratitude for this place where we can speak the things that mean the very most to us in the whole world. 